0: to the person next to you and say hello and have a seat well good morning we're about to get started here with our third session of revival it has been great so far uh, if you're just now joining us for the first time welcome hopefully you guys had a fantastic thanksgiving uh, if you are a guest with us, we are so glad that you decided to join us here this morning. Hopefully, you saw a table as you came in. It says, first-time guest stop here. If not, I want to encourage you to stop by there as you leave service. Uh, there is a free gift for you, and there's somebody there that can answer any question that you might have. Also, hopefully, you got a program as well. When you came in, inside there is a connection card. It's going to be some buckets that come by during this next song. Just fill that connection card out, drop it in those buckets, and uh, there's just a way that we can reach out and, again, answer any question that you might have about the church. Also, if you want to go ahead, uh, pull out your cell phones, check in on Facebook or whatever social media platform you use. Uh, say, you know what? I am worshiping God here at Salem Fields Community Church. You should check this place out. Uh, we have another service tonight at 6 p.m., so encourage them to join you. And then also online, if you just want to click that share button, have somebody join you at SalemFields.com slash live so that they can stream the service with you. Uh, That small little thing can make a huge impact. So we definitely want to encourage you guys to do that. We're going to be taking our tithes and offerings during this next song. It's just another way that we get the privilege and the opportunity to worship God by giving the first fruits right back to him of what he's given us. You know, every good and perfect gift comes from the Lord. And so just to be able to honor him with worshiping through praising him and then also through giving, it is just absolutely incredible. And so that's a You know, If you are a guest with us, do not feel obligated to give, but we just want to encourage you, if you do give, give cheerfully and not begrudgingly. There are many ways that you can give. You can give cash or check as the buckets come by and go out to one of the giving kiosks and give debit or credit out there. Online, click the little green button in the top right-hand corner, or as always, you can give safely and securely through the Salem Fields Community Church app. Revival continues tonight, so even after you leave the service, come back at 6 p.m. It's going to be a completely different message, and I think Susie's really going to bring it tonight, so you definitely want to make sure you come back for that. We're actually going to have food as well, starting at 5.15, so come back then, and the service will get started at 6, so definitely want to encourage you uh, to not just come this morning, but also return tonight. Uh, We have our Christmas festival coming up. This is an amazing opportunity. It's December 14th from 3 to 7 p.m. Uh, this is a way that we just get to celebrate the Christmas season with our community. You know, we do this every year, and uh, it is just an absolute blast. There's so many activities for the entire family, and it's just a way that we can invite our neighbors and our friends to join us and just have a good great time. So we want to encourage you to do that. There's some cards around the place that you can invite someone with. uh, But also there are some serving opportunities as well. So just go visit the table as you leave in the little lobby here uh, and find out a way that you can uh, just participate in that as well. But we definitely want to encourage you to be a part of that. And then next week, we start a brand new series called Get Lit This Christmas. Uh, And this is all about the idea of, you know what, God calls us to be a light. You know, he is the light of the world, and so we carry his spirit with us, and he calls us to be a light into this dark world. We were talking about that with this Thanksgiving offering uh, the past couple weeks, right? And so uh, Buddy's going to update on that, but first, watch this.
1: Dad, tell me about the stars.
0: Well, did you know that the light from the stars we see tonight took years to get to us? A light passing through time to cut through the darkness and fill our current sky with the brightness. Take Polaris for instance. The North Star takes 600 years for its light to get to us. And that's the opportunity that we have every day to bring light into darkness. That's what Jesus did. And as we love and serve him, we get to carry his light with us. And every time we love others or give to others or serve them, we are showing them just who Jesus is. We may not ever see the light that we bring and the difference it makes, but just like the stars, one day, maybe even hundreds of years and generations later, the light that we gave will burst forth into someone's darkness. Maybe it's someone in a village in India discovering the love of Jesus. Maybe it's a child in Nigeria getting to go to school. Maybe it's just someone right down the street that learns how much they matter to God whether it's this year or thousands of years down the road, what we sow today, the light that we give, our choices, our efforts, our love, our generosity, will last, impacting souls and transforming generations from this lifetime into eternity, to infinity and beyond.
1: I wanna give light just like the stars to show people Jesus, Dad.
0: Me too,
2: sweetheart, me too. Good morning. Happy weekend after Thanksgiving. It's good to see y'all all all here today. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Well, I just wanted to give you a little update on our Thanksgiving offering. I got some really good news. We're halfway there. We have $32,487 committed so far, and we praise the Lord for that. And uh, we want to thank all of you who have given and made that happen, and uh, we really do appreciate that. And uh, we just want to encourage you, if you haven't had the opportunity to give yet, we can't stop here. We need, uh, we need to make our goal. Uh, There's so, so many people counting on us uh, to, bring, uh, to help them in their ministry, to uh, bring light into a dark world. Also, there are people in our community and even here in the church that we help with that Thanksgiving offering as well as uh, giving through the Church of the Nazarene to 166 world countries. Something like that changes all the time. But it used to be that, and uh, we appreciate that. And there are people that really, honestly, you might think $60,000 is not much. Uh, It may not seem much to us, but there are people that are counting on us coming through. And I believe every year we've come through on our goal, and our goal this year, uh, we're almost there. I mean, kind of almost there. Uh, We're getting there. And so if everyone could just give a little or a lot, however God has blessed you and you want to be thankful for what God I remember what Manu said last week, if you want God's blessing on your life, bless someone else, and through our Thanksgiving offering, we have the opportunity to do that. There's cards in your program, there's some extra cards up here, you can put it in the offering bucket, or you can give uh, with cash check, or at the machines, or you can give online or through our app. But we do really, really appreciate your giving, and we're not going to stop until we make this goal. So if you want me to shut up about the Thanksgiving offering, let's make our goal, the sooner we do that. Okay, thank you so much, and we're really glad that you're here.
3: Father, we thank you so much for your presence here with us right now. But most of all, Lord, we want to thank you for that love. Certainly love that we never deserved, but God, you found us worthy in your eyes. You love us so much that you were willing to go to the cross for us. And so, Father, we humbly bow before you this morning and say thank you. Lord, I pray this morning for that person that may not know or sense the love of Jesus Christ. And I pray that this will be the day that your invisible loving arms will wrap around that person and gently say, I love you so much, that I'm willing to give my life for you. And so, Father, in your presence, right here, right now, I pray, Lord, that our hearts and our minds will be open to you. And, Jesus, that you'll speak to us, that the Holy Spirit will speak to our hearts in a way that we've never sensed before. Thank you for these moments, Lord. Thank you for your love, your presence, your grace so undeserved to us, yet you're so willing to give it. Father, I just want to thank you personally for my heart, for who you've been in my life. And God, I pray that we would not worship you because of what you can do for us. But Lord how we can serve you and love you and worship you. So, Father, for everything that happens here this morning, thank you for Susie, the anointing that you've placed upon her life to break the word of God to us today. May we be receptive to that, and everything that happens, God, we want you to get the glory for. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you you can be seated. I love those moments, those moments when you can so sense the Holy Spirit. Well, we've got a special guest with us today. Do you see her back here? Is she behind me? There she is. It's Susie. We figured out we've been friends for about 30 years, but Susie began teaching high school, and then she went on to work at Focus on the Family. You may have heard of that. She was the editor of Brio Magazine, and that took her around the world. She would take thousands of teenagers and take them out into the streets of different of different countries. And uh, they saw, and I got to be a part of that as well, uh, but Susie led that and uh, went to various countries and would train young people, teenagers, uh, in theater for three days and then go out into the streets of different countries And play their language and and, uh, do act out from creation until resurrection. And they saw thousands of people come to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior in different countries around the world. And so Susie, I am so thankful for you and your life and your friendship. Susie is an anointed speaker and uh, she's, she preaches around the world, but yet she also preaches in small venues, in large venues. It doesn't matter. She just loves breaking the Word of God to people. So would you
1: make her feel welcome? Thank you. Oh, thanks. It is great to be back in Salem Fields. It's great to be back with friends, Buddy and Gay Marston. Thank you for having me. Fresh breath. Maybe some of you have heard some of these catchphrases about breath. You are a breath of fresh air. Catch your breath. Hold your breath. Talk under your breath. Draw your last breath. Get your breath back. In one breath, puppy breath. In the same breath, save your breath. Take a deep breath. Take someone's breath away, morning breath. Gasp for breath, the breath of heaven. Don't waste your breath, out of breath. And, ooh, he has bad breath. (laughs) We can breathe a sigh of relief. We can breathe in, we can breathe out. We can breathe again. We breathe new life into, and we can breathe down your neck. We need breathing room, breathing space, and the breath of God. And that's what we're talking about this morning, the fresh breath of God. Are you ready? Fasten your seatbelts. We're going at lightning speed. Let's flip to John chapter 20, verse 21. Here we go. Later on that day, the disciples had gathered together. But fearful of the Jews, they had locked all the doors in the house. Jesus entered, stood among them, and said, Peace to you. Then he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples, seeing the master with their own eyes, were exuberant. Jesus repeated his greeting, peace be to you. Just as the Father sent me, I send you. Then he took a deep breath and breathed into them. Receive the Holy Spirit, he said. God Was literally breathing the Holy Spirit through Jesus into the lives of the disciples. And God's breath is always good. It smells good. It feels good. It even sounds good. It's always good. So let me ask Has God breathed on you? What happens when Jesus breathes on you? Well, you come to life. When God breathed on Adam, he became a living soul. Before that, he was just a dirt clod. <laughs> so apart from God, there is no life. Oh, sure, you can, you can live, but there's a difference between living and having genuine life. Let's look at what Jesus said. John 14:6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And then he said in John 10, 10, I have come. Why? Why have you come? So they may have life and they may have it to the full. Or maybe you've heard that same verse in another version. I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. So God came to breathe life into you. Again, what happens when God breathes on you? Well, the breath of God is so powerful that in the Old Testament, the book of Ezekiel, dry bones came to life. Ezekiel was a prophet. And dry bones came to life. Now as a prophet, that didn't necessarily mean he predicted the future. It meant that he, he told people about God. And he would talk about some things in the future. But he was a prophet and talking about God. So let's look at what happened when God breathed on some dry bones in the book of Ezekiel. God grabbed me. God's Spirit took me up and set me down in the middle of an open plain strewn with bones. He led me around, and among them, oh, oh, a lot of bones. There were bones all over the plain, dry bones, bleached by the sun. He said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, oh, Master God, only you know that. He said to me, oh, prophesy Prophesy over these bones, dry bones. Listen to the message of God. God the master told the dry bones, watch this. I'm bringing the breath of life to you, and you'll come to life. I'll attach sinews to you, put meat on your bones, cover you with skin, and breathe life into you. The hip bone connected to the thigh bone, thigh bone connected to the knee bone. Have you ever heard that old dry bone song? I think maybe this is where it came from. Not sure, but (laughs) I'll cover you with skin, and I'll breathe life into you, and you'll come alive, and you'll realize that I am God. Well, I prophesied just as I'd been commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a sound, oh, and a rustling, and the bow's moon, They moved, and they came together bone to bone. Well, I kept watching sinews form, and then muscles on the bones, and then the skin stretched over them, but they had no breath in them. They were... Just steel they were kind of like robotic he said to me prophesy to the breath prophesy son of man tell the breath God the master says come from the four winds come breath breathe on these slain bodies breathe life so I prophesied just as he commanded me the breath entered them and they came alive they stood up on their feet a huge army whoa There is power in the breath of God. Only through the breath of God can we have real life, genuine life, abundant life. Power in the breath of God. By his very breath, a valley full of old, dry bones not only came to life, but became a great army. Maybe, maybe, just maybe, just maybe, you need a fresh breath today. Maybe just maybe just maybe you've been feeling a bit spiritually dry Well, that's why we have things like this revival We've been having revival services all weekend. We'll have another service tonight our final service tonight at six o'clock We have revival so you can have the fresh breath of God breathe newness into your soul Well, what happens when Jesus breathes on you, well, you feel his presence. Now, feelings are really the least important part of our relationship with Christ, right? I mean, Jesus wants us to live by faith and by fact, not by feelings. But because we're human, we want to feel. We, we were just wired that way. And there are times, yes, when Jesus definitely allows us to feel his presence, But you don't always know when someone's in the room with you, do you? But if that person breathes on you, you can't help but feel him. Well, when Jesus breathes on you, you feel his presence. So how can I be breathed on by Jesus? Well, get close enough to him to feel him. You see, you have to be close enough to someone to actually feel their breath. And Jesus and the disciples were in such close physical proximity, he was able to breathe on them. Now think about it. Someone can be standing pretty close to you, close enough to carry on a private conversation, but really still not close enough for you to feel their breath. I mean, our breath only travels so far. For most of us that's probably a good thing (laughs) I mean two or three feet that's pretty close but it may not be close enough to actually breathe on you have to be pretty close to someone to feel the effects of his or her breath let's just unpack that this morning let me just give you a living example Whitney why don't you come and help me out okay Whitney is in the eighth grade give her a hand thank you for being my helper Whitney Okay, Whitney's going to help me out. Now, remember, you have to be pretty close to someone to feel the effects of his or her breath. So let's just put you right here. Let's have you kind of turn a little bit so they can see you a little bit. And I'm going to light this candle, and we're just going to see if we're close enough for me to feel the effects of your breath, okay? Now, oh, I like your Adidas. Three stripes and Adidas, and you're in. Okay, let's scoot up a little bit closer, okay? All right, now, go ahead and get a little bit closer to the edge. There you go. Whitney and I are pretty close here, aren't we? We're pretty close. But am I close enough to really feel her breath? Let's just see. Whitney, go ahead and try to blow out my candle. Then I'll know if I'm close enough to feel your breath. Okay, we're close, but I guess we're not close enough. Try it again. Maybe a real big heave. No, we're just not close enough. Well, I'll move a little bit closer to you, Whitney. Close enough to really see those Adidas a little bit better. Now am I close enough to feel your breath? No, and we're still pretty close. Um, let me move just a little bit closer. Now let me see. No, I'm still not close. You know, if I weren't miked, if I didn't have this microphone on um, and you couldn't hear me, Well, Whitney and I could carry on kind of a private conversation, couldn't we? I could say, I love that little shirt with the cherries on it and your cute little red pants that match your shirt and your Adidas, little sweater tied around your waist. She's just a cutie patootie. I mean, I could just carry on this private conversation with her, and you wouldn't know, but you're close enough to hear me, right? And I could tell you how beautiful your hair is and how beautiful a young lady you are, but... So I'm close enough to carry on a private conversation. She's just barely maybe a yardstick away from me. That's really close. Let's see if I'm close enough, though, to feel her breath. No. And I'm close enough to carry on a private conversation. But if I come close enough to give her a hug, let's just turn you around a little bit to the audience. If I can come close enough to her to give her a hug and to feel her precious soft hair... (laughs) And I can say, oh, man, it's good to have you up here, Whitney. Let me see if I'm close enough to feel your breath. Let me see if I'm close enough to feel your breath. I'm going to give you an even, I'm going to even give you a bigger hug. (laughs) Let's see. I think you can do it. Let's see. Let's just see if you can do it because we're really close now. (laughs) Take a big old breath. (laughs) All right. All right. But look how close we are. I mean, we had to get really close for me to feel Whitney's breath. Thank you, Whitney. We had to get pretty close. Well, it's the same way with Christ. If you want to feel Jesus breathe on you, you can't hold him at an arm's length. And many of us will spend a lifetime coming and going, coming and going, in and out of church, But always keeping Jesus right here. Oh, I've asked him to forgive my sins. Um, uh, Yeah, I believe he has. I I have a relationship with him. But he's always right here at an arm's length. Well, I I, want to feel the breath of Jesus, Susie. Okay, then first... First of all, get close enough to him to feel his breath. Again, Jesus was so close in physical proximity to the disciples, he breathed on them. They could feel his breath, and they received the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit infuses every part of our lives, it means we can live in purity and we can live in power, his power. True story, Norina lived in southern Florida when Hurricane Andrew swept through and severely damaged her home. Now, I'm taking you back several years. Recently, in the last few months, we've been occupied with Hurricane uh, Dorian. This is way before that. Well, she received an insurance settlement, and so the repair work began. But when the money ran out, so did the contractors, and that left Norina with an unfinished home. So she lived in her dark, unfinished home without power for 15 years. She had no heat in her home when the winter chills settled over southern Florida. She had no air conditioning in her home when the temperature would climb to the 90s and the humidity just hung at 100%. She didn't have, obviously, one hot shower in 15 years, and without any money to finish those repairs, she just got by with a simple lantern. But acting on a tip one day, the mayor of Miami-Dade County got involved, and it only took a few hours of work by an electrical contractor To return power to Norena's home. Here's what she said to a CBS reporter. I'm going to let the water get really hot. And then I'm going to take the first bubble bath I've had in a decade and a half. She said, it's hard to describe what it's like to have power. To be able to just flip a switch and have electricity all through my home. Well, how many Christians have been living their entire lives without ever knowing what it's like to have the overwhelming power of the Holy Spirit operating within them. Let's look at the scripture again. Then, he took a deep breath (gasps) and breathed into them. Receive the Holy Spirit, he said. Well, just as in this scripture, Jesus wants to breathe power today Into His disciples so if you're a disciple this morning you're in the right place at the right time if you're one who calls yourself a Christian who claims to be a believer who says yes I'm a follower of God good news you're in the right place at the right time because Jesus wants to breathe his power and his Holy Spirit into every area of your life he wants you to live in the power of the Holy Spirit why? Why does he want me to live in the power of the Holy Spirit? Well, because that's the only way that you can live a holy life. Well, is that important? Well, let's look at what God says. He says, but just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. It is written. Where is it written? Where is it written? It's written in Leviticus. Let's look at it. I am the Lord your God. Consecrate yourselves and be holy because I am holy. I am the Lord. Therefore, be holy because I am holy. So, yeah, it's pretty important. In fact, we can say it's vital. Just as breathing is essential for your physical life, the Holy Spirit is essential for your spiritual life. You can't have abundant life apart from the Holy Spirit. You can't live a holy life on your own. Again, Jesus wants to breathe his spirit and his power into you. Now, living in the Holy Spirit's power is absolutely critical to following Christ. Think about it. Before the disciples could ever carry on the ministry and the mission of Jesus, they first had to wait and receive the Holy Spirit. Jesus said to them, to the disciples, okay, don't leave, all right? Don't leave Jerusalem, all right? But wait, wait for the gift that my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. Well, that gift is the indwelling supernatural power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus said this in John chapters 14 and 15. He said, okay, I'm going away. Just want you to understand. Let's get the picture, okay? I'm going away. Physically, I'm leaving you. I'm going to be with Father God, all right? But he's going to send you, in my place, he's going to send you the comforter. That's the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, the comforter, will lead you into truth. And he'll teach you. And through him. Through the Holy Spirit, you'll actually grow closer to me than you will right here with me physically. What? I mean, we're pretty close to you physically. We can put our arms around you. Yeah, that's pretty close. Yeah, as close as that is. When I leave you physically, the Father will send you the Holy Spirit. And through him, you'll grow even closer to me than right here with my arm around you. In other words, I want to bring you into me. I want to make you part of me. I want us to become one. I want intimacy with you. Wow. Well, Paul, in the book of Acts, as he's on his missionary journeys, he met a lot of new believers. And uh, they, were, they were excited about their faith. And they were excited to meet Paul. They'd heard about him. Oh, Paul, it's so good to meet you. We just want you to know, we're Christians too They were excited that they had received forgiveness for their sins, but usually the first question Paul would ask them after meeting them is, well, good, but what do you know about the Holy Spirit? Oh, I'm so glad that you have a relationship with Jesus, that he's forgiven your sins, that you're a Christ follower, but what do you know about the Holy Spirit? Tell me. You see, Paul wanted them to know there's more. There's more than simply being forgiven for your sins. Okay, okay, why why is that important? Again, because it's essential for us to live in the power of the Holy Spirit if we're going to become all that God wants. Now, maybe you're familiar with Matthew 5, 1 to 13. It's the parable of the bridesmaids. Jesus was telling the parable, and he says, Okay, there were ten bridesmaids. And these bridesmaids are are paralleled or symbolic of Christians. So if you're a Christ follower, you're a bridesmaid. Either male or female, you're a bridesmaid. And Christ is the bridegroom. He said, so there are ten bridesmaids, and five were smart, five were foolish. The five smart bridesmaids all brought their their lanterns with extra oil. But the five uh, foolish bridesmaids brought their lanterns with no extra oil. They were all expectant of the bridegroom coming. They were all excited to meet the bridegroom and were waiting expectantly for his arrival. But the bridegroom took a lot longer coming than any of them thought, and they all fell asleep. But about midnight, the cry went out, hey, wake up, he's here. The bridegroom has arrived. So the five Uh, Wise bridesmaids quickly rose and relit their lanterns and rushed to meet the bridegroom. But the five foolish ones didn't have any extra oil to light their lanterns. So they had to go throughout the villages seeking and searching for extra oil. By the time they reached the bridegroom, the parable that Jesus says, says the door was shut and the bridegroom was saying through a crack in the door, depart from me, I never knew you. Now, again, in the parable, the bridesmaids are us, male and female. We're the bridesmaids, and the bridegroom is Jesus. Throughout Scripture, oil is symbolic of the Holy Spirit. How many of the bridesmaids actually met the bridegroom, Jesus? Only half of them. All expected to meet him. All were there and were excited about his coming, kind of like us. Here we are in church. We expect to be met by Jesus this morning. And we expect that if we were to die tonight or this afternoon that we would be with Jesus. But according to this parable, Jesus says even though all ten expected, really only half of them made it. Well, which which half made it, Jesus? The half who were living in the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, Dr. Reverend Billy Graham, when he was alive, he used to say that, out of all the people worldwide who call themselves Christians and attend church regularly, out of all the people, Christians around the world, he said probably about half of them will actually make it to heaven. Why? Why, Dr. Reverend Billy Graham, would you say that? What? Because probably only about half of them have a genuine, spirit-filled, growing relationship with me. Well, that's kind of scary. Because all of us expect that someday we'll be with Jesus. Do you actually have a living, growing, genuine, spirit-filled relationship with Jesus Christ? You see, our walk with God is much more than knowledge about God. Everyone here has knowledge about God. You showed up to church this morning and you have a little knowledge about God. Everyone here does. And our walk with God Has to be more than simply experiencing forgiveness for our sins. It's gotta be more than that. And there is more. Jesus wants to breathe His Spirit and His power into you. And through that, He wants to enable you to live a holy life. Now, whether you realize it or not, the Holy Spirit has already been working in your life. You see, when you received Jesus as your Savior, You didn't get just a little bit of God, you got God. That means you got all of God. You got God the Father, you got Jesus Christ the Son, and you got the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is already in you, and He's already working in you. And in fact, before you even asked Jesus to forgive your sins, the Holy Spirit was working on you, and He's the one who tenderized your heart. Who brought you to a church in the first place. Who got you a little bit interested in finding out more about Jesus Christ. And who began working in your heart and helped you realize, you know what, I was born a sinner. Oh, I, I need a Savior. Somebody has to pay for my sins. It's either me or Jesus. And God loves me so much, he sent Jesus to pay the death penalty for me. I I want that. I want to accept that gift of eternal life. I want to accept his forgiveness for sins. That was the Holy Spirit who helped you realize that. And most everyone here probably made a a commitment. You asked Jesus to come into your life and forgive your sins, and he did that. If you've asked him to do that, he did it, and the Holy Spirit brought you to that point. So, so far, the Holy Spirit's been working in your life. He tenderized your heart, and he's given you a desire to get closer to God. You've asked God to forgive your sins. He's done that. You've placed your faith in him, but maybe there's something missing. Does your spiritual life lack power? Does the Bible not really come to life for you? Do you just need something more? Well, that something more is living in the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, let's get back to the disciples for a few seconds. They had lived with Jesus for three solid years, day in and day out, day in and day out. Can you imagine a better learning experience than having personal instruction from Jesus himself? Can you imagine Being an eyewitness to the miracles of Jesus. A blind man seeing for the first time. A lame man lowered through the roof of a house because there was no room to get in through the doorway. Lowered through a roof in the house and, and he's paralyzed and his friends had to carry him. And Jesus says, pick up your mat and walk. And the man starts dancing. Can you imagine seeing there, being there and seeing it happen when Jesus says, Lazarus, come forth. And a dead man who's been dead for three solid days, starts to unwrap himself and walk out of a grave. I mean, can you imagine being an eyewitness to all that Jesus did and hearing his personal instruction? That's what the the disciples got to experience. But if that wasn't enough for the disciples, what is? The answer is the Holy Spirit. We can't live the Christian life, and do the things of Jesus until we have received the Holy Spirit's power in every area of our lives. And living in the power of the Holy Spirit is all about surrender. Wait a minute, Susie, I thought you told me the Holy Spirit was already working in in my life. Well, you're right, and he is. You received God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Well, then what do you mean I still need to have the Holy Spirit? You have the Holy Spirit in your life if if you're a Christian. But it could be his power hasn't been released into every area of your life, and therefore you're not living in the power of the Holy Spirit. And living in the power of the Holy Spirit is essential to becoming all God wants us to be. It's an act of dying. It's, um, um, It's a death to self. A death to my way, my rights, my dreams, it's yielding to his authority. It's complete surrender to his will. So let me just repeat, if you're a Christian, you've asked for and you've received forgiveness for your sins. You have been released from the penalty of sin, but not from the power of sin. The sinful nature is still controlling your life. You want to do all the things God calls you to do. Like Paul said in Romans chapter 7, beginning with verse 15 I want to do what God wants me to do. I'm a Christian, I'm a Christ follower. He forgave my sins, but there's something else within me, Paul said. It's my sinful nature, and it's still calling the shots in my life. It's, it's still making me do the things that I know God doesn't want me to do. That's the battle the Apostle Paul faced. And it's a battle that we all face. And then in Romans chapter 8, Paul gives us the answer, Oh, thank goodness, I finally found freedom and victory through the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit will free you from the bondage of sin. The Holy Spirit will, will free you from being controlled by your sinful nature. You no longer have to be a slave to sin. Again, it's like writing your own death certificate this morning. I, Susie Schellenberger, here at Salem Fields Community Church, die to me. I die to my rights, my wants. I die to my future. And it's not just a one-time thing. I'll come up to the altar and I'll say, okay, I die, and then I'm dead. I kind of keep coming to life a few times. And sometimes I get in the way of of what God wants to do in my life. So it's it's a daily thing. Tomorrow morning, I need to get up and say, Jesus, I'm yours. Just, just want to remind myself as I pray to you, that I die, Galatians 2:20. I no longer live, I have been crucified with Christ, so you do in me and through me and with me whatever you choose to do today, Jesus, I want you to bring glory to your name through my life today. And Jesus will do that. Sometimes, I don't do it every day, but sometimes I' like to picture a coffin at the foot of my bed and picture me in the coffin. That's me Jesus I'm dead I don't live anymore you live in me you live through me so you do today whatever you choose to do through this dead life let me ask you this have you ever lit a pile of charcoals on fire I mean when, it, when, it, when it's hot when it's really hot we have a picture of it here on the screen when it's really hot the fire just seems to, to to blaze out of out of almost out of control doesn't it Well, what happens when you just remove one piece of charcoal from that that fire? Well, it starts to cool immediately. And many Christians are far too removed from the fire of the Holy Spirit. So their life, their faith, their service, their witness is just powerless. And it's cold. Well, they've been forgiven of their sins. But what kind of life are they living? A lifeless, cold witness a faithless life. So, my friends, we have two choices this morning. We can continue to live in powerless faith or we can experience the power of God through us to change our world, to be the holy, godly disciples that he's called us to be. And here's the exciting part. When the power of the Holy Spirit is understood, when it's grasped, when it's realized, everything fits into place. Everything just lines up. Suddenly, your Christian life has power. Suddenly, the Bible begins to live and breathe for you. And suddenly, all of hell goes on red alert. Start living in the power of the Holy Spirit and all of hell's best laid plans go south. Is your faith a little bit wobbly? Do you lack some spiritual power? The Holy Spirit, through the breath of Jesus, is the answer this morning. So, would you like... Jesus, who is here to breathe on you this morning, do you want to feel the breath of God this morning? Do you need to be infused with the supernatural power being released in every area of your life this morning? Because that's the only way that you can live a holy life. Well then, if so, you are at the right place at the right time. Because Jesus wants to, yearns to, desires to, has the ability to breathe his supernatural power into every area of your life. Would you stand, please? No one looking around, would you just bow your heads? I I want to ask you some personal questions. If you're not a Christian, well, that's the first step. If you're not a Christian, that's the first step, but I think most of you are. Most of you have probably asked Jesus to forgive your sins, and he has. But if you've never done that, then you're at the right place at the right time. In fact, let me just ask you, with no one looking around, heads bowed, would anybody here raise his or her hand and say, Yeah, Susie, I need you to pray for me silently because I've not yet made the commitment to be a Christian. I have not given my life to Christ. He has not forgiven my sins. Would you just raise your hand? I'm not going to embarrass you or come talk to you. I just want to pray for you silently at a distance. Anybody? I'm not seeing any hands, so raise it high. Okay, I see that one. Anybody else? Anybody else? Okay, well, I hope you know if you raise your hand, I want you to know this. That the gift of salvation is absolutely free. You can't earn it. You don't deserve it. Neither do I. But if you will simply pray a little prayer right now. Dear Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you died for my sins. And I accept that. Would you forgive me of my sins? I want you to come into my life. And I want a relationship with you. And I believe that you conquered death. That you are alive right now. And Jesus, I'm placing my faith in you. I want to live my life for you, if you'll just pray that prayer or a prayer kind of like it, silently, then you can enter the family of God this morning and have a relationship with Jesus. But most of you have already done that. So let me ask you another question. How many would raise his or her hand this morning and say, yes, Susie, I have done that. I have asked Jesus to forgive my sins. I do have a relationship with him. Would you just lift your hands? Yes, good. That's what I thought. That's the majority. Good, hands down. Now, some of you didn't raise your hand either way. So if you're not sure if you're a Christian or not, then you might want to come forward and pray because you can be sure. You can have blessed assurance. You don't need to doubt or wonder if you have a relationship with Christ. You can be sure. Now, let me ask you my final question. How many this morning would raise his or her hand and say, yes, I've asked Jesus into my heart. I have a relationship with him. He has forgiven my sins. But I'm not living in that kind of power that you talked about. Jesus has not breathed on me. I'm not living in the power of the Holy Spirit. But I'd like to. Would you just raise your hand? Yes. Wonderful. Yes. That's the majority of us here. Right there. You can put your hands down. Well, you're in the right place. And it is the right time. And this front of the church, we call it the altar, it's open this morning. And if you raised your hand, yes, that's what I want. Oh, that's what's been missing. Yeah, that's what's been missing in my relationship with Christ. I couldn't put my finger on it. You raised your hand. And I want to invite you right now just to come forward and just to stand along the edge of this stage here because I want to pray with all of you in a group prayer in just a minute. Would you come now? Some of you may be thinking, well, Susie, I want that, but you know what? I don't have a clue how to make it happen. Well, I'm so glad God didn't make it rocket science or this simple-minded Oklahoma City girl would have never figured it out. Here it is. He boils it down to three words. I surrender all. So if that's what you want this morning, would you come this morning and begin praying silently? that you surrender all to Jesus and then after we sing together I'm gonna pray with all of you and have you repeat that prayer silently just to make sure we're all on the same page and I wanna pray for all of you that Jesus would breathe on you this morning now I saw a lot more hands that were raised and I hope that you too will come forward we're gonna sing with Jody that song I surrender all and if that's what your heart cry is this morning in the next few minutes we won't take long with this but as we sing, would you just move from where you are, make your way to the front, and allow me to pray together with you as a group in a few moments. Come now and be obedient. Come now. Lord Jesus, I surrender. that the same mighty power that hung the stars in the sky that set the whole world in motion that raised a dead man to life is yours to live your lives in every single day wow are you kidding me that's a lot of power yeah you see i need that power to live a holy life i can't do it without that kind of power you need that power to be the godly husband or the holy mom or the, the godly dad or, or holy wife or the godly career person, single person, the godly teenager, the holy person that God is calling you to be. You can't do it. You can't make yourself holy. It has to be through the power of the Holy Spirit. That resurrection power and all of its might can be yours. This is the last verse we'll sing because I don't want to drag this out. You know if this is what you want. So as we sing this this second verse, this is the last time, you go ahead and make your way to the front if this is what you want this morning. Let's sing together and you be obedient to God. Come on.
4: All to Jesus I surrender Make me safe
1: If that's what you came to pray for Would you just repeat silently This prayer after me Dear Jesus Thank you That I'm a Christian Thank you that you have forgiven my sins And that we have a relationship But Jesus this morning I've been reminded That you're commanding me To live a holy life I've tried And I can't do it I need your supernatural power to become all you want me to be. So Jesus, right here, right now, I'm writing my own death certificate. I die to me. I no longer live. I no longer call the shots in my own life. You take control. I absolutely surrender all to you right here right now Jesus I give you everything I give you my money I give you my very self I give you my will my relationships my family my dreams my future and I don't even know what that is but I give it to you and I want you to take complete control Jesus I yield to your authority and I surrender totally to you Jesus would you transform me as only you can would you cleanse me inside with your Holy Spirit would you right now release me the power of your Holy Spirit into every area of my life. Jesus, right here, right now, breathe on me. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for being so close in this sacred moment that you are breathing your Spirit on me. Thank you that right here, right now, you are releasing Your supernatural power into every area of my life. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, Jesus, teach me to live in this power. Don't allow me to keep it stagnant inside. Teach me to live in it. Help me to talk to you consistently. Help me to read my Bible consistently. Therefore living in the power of your holy spirit. Jesus, thank you that I am no longer in bondage to my sinful nature. Thank you that I can live in victory. In your name I pray. Amen. Praise God. Let's give him a Let's give him a hand clap. Well, Does this mean, Susie, does this mean that I will never blow it from from now on? I'm just going to be perfect? No. You're still human. And God won't transform your humanity until you get to heaven. But when you do blow it, you go right to him and you say, Father, God, I am so sorry. I'm human. My humanness got in the way again, didn't it? Will you forgive me? And Jesus will say yes. And you'll get up and you'll keep following him and become stronger and stronger and stronger and grow more and more and live in the power of his Holy Spirit. So go now and live in victory in a power that is beyond your
2: imagination.
1: Resurrection power is yours to live in every day the rest of your life.
2: Well, you know, that's that's why today is why we do revival at Salem Fields Community Church is to give us all an opportunity to evaluate our relationship with the Lord and see exactly where we're at. I know that for me, I made that decision uh, to surrender all in 1987, and Gay, when she was 26 years old, knelt by a bedside, and she surrendered all to God. And it changed our lives forever, the direction of our family, our home. And today we have four generations of Christians in our life, uh, in our family, because uh, we made that decision to surrender. I don't know what God wants to do in your life, but I can tell you this you made the right step today. And God's got a great adventure for you and for your family. And you just keep following Him. And like Susie says, if you have a flat tire along the way, just change it and get in the car and go again. And know that God is with you and He loves you. And we're glad you're here today. We're going to do this one more time tonight. And we're going to have dinner soup. At uh, 515, we'd love for all of you to be here. Those that are online, we'd love for you to just come on out tonight, too. Let's have a great closing time uh, to our uh, revival tonight, okay? All right? Okay? Okay. All right. God bless you guys. We love you, and have an awesome day.